our message this morning is holding his hand. Experts are telling us that we now are living in a very touch-starved society. The events of the past couple of years have further isolated us, us, we, who are already living in a culture that is connecting more and more every day to computerized devices rather than to real, live human beings. And that's unfortunate. Human touch is powerful and makes real and tangible differences in human lives from every stage of life. A doctor by the name of Tiffany Field, who is the director of the Touch Research Institute, or TRI, at the University of Miami in Miller School of Medicine, says that even premature children at this age, earliest age after birth, if they could be massaged regularly, it would save the hospital system, healthcare costs, $4.8 billion annually because premature children who are massaged regularly, on average, get out of the hospital about six days earlier. Young and old alike respond to human touch. We need it now more than ever. I mean, let me ask you this morning, have you had enough today with all the horrible headlines, all the heartaches, all the hazards that this world can bring? Can I get an amen out there? Anybody tired of those? Well, if you are, you've come to the right place this morning because here at the Medford Seventh Avenue Church, we are starting a new sermon series that's going to last a couple of weeks entitled Held. You know, sometimes we just need someone to hold us, to embrace us with love and assurance, don't we? And if humans respond so well to the touch of other humans from other humans, how much more will we respond by being touched by the hand of God? I believe a touch from God's hand is the absolute best and the most healing touch that we could find anywhere in the universe. And so if you are inclined to listen over the next couple of weeks, let's just open our arms up to him and let his healing touch do its powerful work. What do you say? So this morning, grab the hand of your spouse or a loved one this morning, and let's get into the Word of God together. But before we do that, will you bow your heads with me to pray? Father in heaven, we are just grateful to be in your presence, grateful to talk about how you want to touch our lives with your very own hands. Lord, I pray that this service, we will sense your power, your presence, and let your word do its amazing work in our life. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about holding God's hand. And the great thing about it is, is that the Bible says that God wants to 
hold our hand. If you would, go with me this morning to Isaiah chapter 41. If you'd like to use the Bibles in front of you in the pews, please feel free to do so. I will put it up on the screen also, but I'd like to go to Isaiah chapter 41, such a powerful chapter, and in particular, I'd like to key on verse 13. Isaiah 41 and verse 13. The Bible says here, God says here something awesome. He says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Now, if you take time to look at the context here in Isaiah chapter 41, if you go from verses 1 through 12, you will see that God is painting a pretty dismal yet accurate picture of the distresses and the difficulties that we encompass here living in a world where fear and war persist. Yet God is using the prophet Isaiah as a mouthpiece to all who are willing to listen, saying that he is the one who is overseeing all of this. As a matter of fact, in verse 4 of Isaiah 41, God says that it is he himself who has been with us from the very first generation, and he himself will be with us even until the very last generation of this earth. Verse 10 in Isaiah 41 is a mirror verse, so to speak, to verse 13. God says in verse 10, he says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the more famous verse of Isaiah 41, one you've probably heard a little bit more often. But notice the difference from this verse than verse 13. God says here that he will uphold us with his righteous right hand. In verse 13, it says that God will take a hold of our right hand. Right hand and right hand. What is it with (laughs) right-handedness? You know, the ancients uh, believed that right-handedness is equated to strength because, of course, right-handedness is predominantly the more dominant uh, way to be. How many are right-handed this morning here? All right, I see multiple hands. How many are left-handed? I, myself, am left-handed, so I feel you brothers and sisters out there. I don't mind, that's okay with me, that I am left-handed. My mama said I was one of the only ones in my right mind, you know, because left-handed people use more of the right, anyway, right brain. Okay, enough of that. But God here in Isaiah 41 says that he will take his right hand of strength and join it to our right hand of strength, saying that only thing that can happen here is we are both strengthened as we touch our hands together 
with God. The common element here is God's hand touching ours, and the repeated point here is do not fear. God is with us, and he will help us. He will strengthen us. I used to love taking Dakota and Shia to the beach. I still do love that, but I used to love it in particular as they would see the ocean, you know, for some of the first times, and they were just enraptured as they stood there looking at the, the waves crashing down upon, you know, the hot sand of summer. They were compelled. They just loved it. They wanted to go out in it, but of course they were just a little bit too afraid to go out there by themselves unless I went with them, right? And as we would go out there, I would grab them by the hand because the waves would come in, which were a little bit frightening. And what would happen, of course, is every office is so often a big wave would come, a bigger one. We didn't have tidal waves out there in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But, but when the bigger wave would come, I would grab both of their hands and I would lift them up into the air. And it was awesome, right? They went right up and over the wave and back down and had a terrific time. It, it turned something a little scary into a bonding experience between myself and my children. It was fun. It was, it was good. It was, it was something we will always remember. One of their favorite things to say when they were that age was, again, daddy. <laughs> How many have heard that? Again, until you're very, very tired. How many waves have you seen in life lately? Too many? Maybe the waves are coming too strong lately. Maybe they're coming a little bit too often. Maybe fear is starting to creep in and get the best of you. These waves that are coming at us, after a while they get us to thinking, ah, really, again? Again they're coming? Not again, but they keep coming. Let me encourage you this morning, if you felt this way at all, to remember that the mighty hand of your everlasting Father of love is reaching down into the waves of this world for you because He wants to lift you up over them and help you time and time again. And as he lifts us up and over together, the more we do this together, the further bonded we become with our Heavenly Father of love. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-11 through 11 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time, and cast all your anxiety on him. How much? All of our anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever. 
and ever. Amen. Amen. God's power, he says, is there. It's there for all of us because, yes, all of us are on undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Maybe a little different for each one, but we're all in a world of suffering. All of us are undergoing the same kind of sufferings from the same kind of enemy, and his name is Satan. And the Bible says that he is a lion, and he is roaring and, and wandering around trying to devour, but praise the Lord, we have him who is a much greater lion. The Bible calls him the lion from the tribe of Judah who will protect us always and restore us ultimately strong, firm, and fed, steadfast for eternity. His hands are there to strengthen us and keep us from having to go through this life being overwhelmed by fear. The science of hand-holding is quite remarkable. If you ever looked into it, Dr. Tiffany Field, the same doctor from the Touch Research, Research Institute in the University of Miami, has concluded that physical touch with hand-holding can affect us in many ways, several important ways. She says in areas of society including pain management, lower blood pressure, less violence, increased trust, stronger immune system, greater learning engagement, and overall well-being. Hand-holding is a terrific and healing thing. As a matter of fact, there was a scientific study recently done entitled Lending a Hand. And a couple of universities partnered. The neuroscientists from the University of Virginia and the University of Wisconsin studied the effect the simple act of human touch has on people in stressful situations. And so they did one of those uh, studies that I think is always funny where they, um, they shock people. <laughs> You've seen where the gum flies out of your mouth when the shock you know, hits. But they were shocking people in one case where the participants underwent underwent this threat of electric shock before and after holding someone's hand. Uh, the researchers came to this overwhelming conclusion that a loving touch reassures. Have you ever have been about to get a shot at the doctor maybe and you had somebody with you and you just wanted to hold their hand? Is that good? Okay, maybe it's just me. Um, the researchers said that it definitely helps. On a physiological level, they observed that participants were able to better cope with pain and discomfort when they were holding hands because the act of holding hands decreases the level of stress hormone in the body like cortisol. We were designed to respond to the touching of hands. But before we get too much further into this, we have to confront this elephant in the room, this obvious problem that we have when talking about holding God's hand, don't we? I mean, ideologically, yes, we can hold God's hand every day, but what's the problem? <laughs> Physically, are any of us holding God's hand today? Well, if we're going to be honest, that no, we are not physically holding on to God's hand. So what do we do about that? Well, I'd like to encourage you by saying we can hold the hand of God through the hands of 
others who love him, can't we? Doesn't the Bible say something about this? As a matter of fact, that anyone who is a follower of Christ is part of what's called the what? The body of Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. Matter of fact, verse 21 actually mentions you as a hand of Jesus Christ. The Bible's clear that we ourselves are the hands of God in this world if we are willing to be. A famous Christian theologian, a woman from the 1500s, her name is Teresa of Avila, she once said, Christ has no body but yours now. She will clarify that statement in a minute. No, fan, no hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. I don't know about you, but I have felt the power of God's touch multiple times in my life through brothers and sisters of the faith who stepped into my life and helped me and showed me the love of Jesus Christ, especially when I needed it the most. Oftentimes it came just when I needed it the most. And in retrospect, I don't know if I would have made it through some of those darkest times of my life had it not been for the healing touch of God's children in my life at certain times. You know, maybe this is a good time to remember that it is awesome to surround ourselves with as many people who love the Lord as possible, right? Because it gives us more opportunity to feel the touch of God that's so healing in our lives. Young people, anyone not married, maybe it's a good time to remember why it might be such an important thing to marry someone one day who truly shares your faith and love of God. Because the more godly hands that we have in our lives to touch and support us, the stronger we're all going to be when the waves that are so difficult in the world come rolling through. Yes, when any of us reach out to others and we grasp their hands during difficult times, we are truly the hands of God himself, the hands of the Almighty at any moment. And our touch can be extremely powerful because we are partnering with the divine and his power is flowing through us to strengthen our brothers and our sisters in our time of need. Let's look at another passage about the hand of God in our lives. Psalm 139. Go with me, if you would. Psalm 139, and let's look at verses 7 through 10 there. Psalm 139, 7 through 10. The Bible says there, we talked about it last night in youth group too, might be familiar to some of you, where can I go from your spirit? 
This is King David asking God, where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You see, God's hand can guide us. It can hold us no matter where we go in this world. No matter how far off we go to the furthest reaches and the corners of the earth, God promises that He is still there for me, for you. I'd like to tell you a little story to illustrate this. It's about a Christian missionary who lived this experience. He went to the farthest reaches of the world, and he still felt God's healing touch there, placing his hands upon him. His name is James Hudson Taylor. You may have heard of him before. Um, born May the 21st, 1832, died June the 3rd, 1905. He was a British Protestant Christian missionary, so Protestant Christian like we as Seventh-day Adventists, uh, to China. He was a missionary to China and founder of the China Inland Mission, now called, it was CIM, now it's OMF International. He spent 51 years in China pioneering the work there. That so the society that he began there was responsible for bringing in over 800 missionaries in his time, starting 125 schools, directly resulting in over 18,000 Christians giving their life to Jesus, being converted, also establishing more than 300 stations of work and more than 500 local helpers in all 18 provinces. Taylor was known for many things, but his sensitivity to Chinese culture, which was beautiful, and zeal for evangelism. He even adopted wearing Chinese clothing, which Christians and missionaries back then did not do, but he did. Under his leadership, the CIM was singularly non-denominational in practice, accepted members from all Protestant groups, including individuals from the working class, single women, as well as multinational recruits. Okay, primarily because of the campaign that he started there against the opium trade, Taylor was, has been referred to as one of the most significant Europeans to visit China in the 19th century. An historian named Ruth Tucker summarizes the theme of his life, saying no other missionary of the 19th centuries since the Apostle Paul has had a wider vision and has carried out a more systematized plan of evangelizing a broad geographical area than Hudson Taylor. So he's got his credentials. Now you know his background. As you can imagine, when Hudson arrived in China, in the mid-1800s, mind you, it was extremely difficult for him. He did not know the language well at all. Matter of fact, he just dove into studying full-time the language so that he could speak to the people. But when he arrived, it was also wintertime, the dead of winter, and in the middle of war. Also, a radically different culture. So you can imagine how difficult this must have been. It was not an easy task. He desperately wanted to speak to the people, but the pain of not being able to because he didn't know the language was unbearable. He neglected his own personal care so that he could study full time so he could get to his work quickly. Here's what he wrote about. He said, My position is a very difficult one. Understatement. 
Dr. Lockhart has taken me to reside with him for the present as houses are not to be had for love or money. Kind of sounds like Medford, doesn't it? No one can live in the city for they are fighting almost continuously. I see the walls from my window and the firing is visible at night. They are, fire, they are fighting now while I write. And the house shakes with the report of cannon. That's a very 1800s thing to say, isn't it? Report of cannon. It is so cold, he goes on, that I can hardly think or hold the pen. It's so cold I can hardly think or hold the pen. You see, you will see from my letter to Mr. Pierce how perplexed I am. It will be four months before I can hear a reply. It took that long to get correspondence. And the very kindness of the missionaries who have received me with open arms makes me fear to be burdensome. Jesus will guide me all right. I love the Chinese more than ever. Oh, to be useful among them. The cold was so great and other things so tired, trying that I scarcely knew what I was doing or saying at first. Then, what it means to be so far from home at the seat of war, not able to understand or be understood by the people, was fully realized. Their utter wretchedness and misery and my inability to help them or even point them to Jesus powerfully affected me. Satan came in as a flood. But there was one who lifted up a standard against him. Jesus is here. And through, though unknown to the majority, uncared for by many who might know him, he is present and he's precious to his own. You see, Hudson knew that God was with him no matter how far away he traveled. No matter how difficult the situation might be, he said, Jesus is here. And he was lifting him up. He is present and precious to his own. There's nowhere we can go that's too far away for God to touch our lives. Did you hear me this morning? Some of you here this morning might be feeling that you have gone a little bit too far away from God in your life. Let me tell you, there's nowhere you can go that's too far for God to reach his hand down to your life even right now. I hope we all realize the same is true for all of us. Speaking to God, King David said in Psalm 73, 23 to 26, Yet I am with you always. You hold me by your right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Have you come to that point in life yet where you've realized there is nothing in the earth that you really desire? That God is the one you need? My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Have you found God to be your portion and strength of your heart and forever? His hands are there for you today, and He promises He will always be there for you. He will always be there for you. He will guide you with His counsel, and He has great plans, great plans to take you into glory soon. Do you trust His mighty hand to lead you into eternity? I hope you do, because I believe it will happen soon. Friends and loved ones, I tell you, I believe that Jesus is coming soon.
I hope you believe that he is coming soon. I mean, this is why we are Seventh-day Adventists, isn't it? It's because we believe in the great Advent. In other words, the great appearing of Jesus that is about to happen. Jesus is coming soon. And he's coming to lift us up with his mighty hands off this sin-wrecked earth. Jesus is coming soon. And he's coming to heal all our wounds and to calm all our nerves and to put all of our minds at ease once and for all. Jesus is coming soon. And he's coming to answer all your questions and to reveal to you that, yes, he has always been loved and he will always be loved. Jesus is coming soon. And he is coming with those same hands by which he created this universe. With those same hands by which he gathered the dust together so that he could breathe into Adam's nostrils that breath of life. He's coming with those same hands by which he touched the leper and the leper was made completely clean. He's coming with those same hands by which he touched the eyes of the blind man and the blind man could fully see. He's coming with those same hands that gathered the children and touched them with love as they sat upon his knee and he blessed them. He's coming with those same hands that touched that little girl that had died and said to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. And she rose back from the dead. He's coming with those same hands that were stretched out and nailed to that old rugged cross that paid for all our sins, yours and mine. He's coming with those same hands that will one day soon reach out when he comes and touch your face. Those same hands that will touch you and grab you by the hand and say, let's go for a walk together in glory. And if you've ever thought that there was healing in those hands of our Savior, Let me tell you, on that day, you will know without a doubt that he does have healing, ultimate healing in his hands when he comes again. If you've never asked the hands of Jesus to come into your life, why not do it right now? His hands are stretched out for you right here, right now, today. And brothers and sisters who know him, I ask you right now to pray in your heart because there's someone here today that needs to take the hand of God, maybe for even the first time. And the devil wants us to believe that all these words, yeah, they're warm and fuzzy, but they have no real substance. But I tell you today, folks, that these are not just words, that Jesus is real and he can make a real and tangible difference in your life starting today if you ask him. So why not ask him right now? I'd like to ask you to bow your heads with me. Every member here, every person, friend, would bow their heads and close their eyes. I just feel compelled to make an appeal this morning. Please, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask if there's someone here that wants to take the hand of Jesus truly for the first time, someone that wants to believe and have trust maybe for the first time, that Jesus can do the amazing in their life. I want to ask you right now to slip your hand up 
and grab a hold of Jesus' hand. Anyone this morning, take the hand of your Savior and put your trust in Him. God bless you. God sees your hand up. I want to say anyone right now who has maybe given your life to Jesus in the past, but you want to say again today, right now, I want your hand, Jesus, I'll take it, then please raise your hand at this moment. Lord, you see our hands. We ask you to take them. Take these hands. They are yours. Comfort us. We need it today. Oh, Lord, do we ever need your comfort today? Inspire us to use these hands, Lord, also to comfort others for you in this dying world. And Lord, we ask you to hold us. Hold us and go with us and come soon, Lord Jesus, and rescue us. Please, for we pray it in the name above all names, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great Sabbath.